0: Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. In this episode, we have our sermon from this past Sunday, Easter Sunday, talking about hope for the hopeless and help for the helpless. Here goes. Dear fellow redeemed, we consider briefly our reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 20. And if you think your way back into that, that first Easter Sunday, The day when the rest of Jerusalem was celebrating the Passover and they were celebrating the festival of the first harvest, and the day when all of Jerusalem was abuzz with the events of the past couple of days, the inexplicable darkness, and then that strange earthquake, even reports from the temple that they needed a new curtain. But in all of Jerusalem, there was not a more hopeless group than the disciples of Jesus. Whether they had been the ones weeping and mourning along the way, or like John, the the Gospel writer, the only one we hear at the foot of the cross, John who has now been entrusted with caring for Mary, the mother of Jesus, or whether they had been in hiding and racked with guilt at having deserted their friend, you could not find a more hopeless group. And so after the, after the Sabbath day finishes, that Saturday that began at sundown for them, sundown at Friday was when the Sabbath began, and it finished sundown at Saturday. And after the Sabbath was finished, and early Sunday morning, the ladies got up to go and prepare the body of Jesus properly because they had just hastily put him into a tomb. They get there, Discussing who's going to roll that stone away. It's pretty big, it's pretty heavy. And then they find out that the stone has been rolled away. And the events of that first Easter Sunday happen very quickly, one after another. Some ladies go on to the tomb. Mary Magdalene runs back in a panic. They've taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they have put him. The ladies who arrive at the tomb, they look around, they don't see anything, and they go back home, Peter and John come running, and John, who's probably got 15 years of youth compared to Peter, John beats Peter there, and Peter charges on in. And all they find are these grave clothes, folded up nicely, demonstrating that this wasn't a grave robbery, that, they, that somebody hadn't absconded with the body, but that this was different and they go back home wondering and hopeless. You could not find a more hopeless group than the disciples of Jesus on that first Easter Sunday. And perhaps the most poignant picture of that hopelessness is even portrayed in the glass window behind me. The Virgin Mary gets to the tomb, and these angels talk to her, She's weeping. She can't, she can't see very well. Who knows? Her eyes are just clouded over by tears, and she is so absolutely distraught that this is the only time, at least that I've found, the only time in Scripture where somebody talks to an angel and doesn't immediately dissolve into a quivering, don't kill me, I'm bowing down in fear. She just has a conversation. They ask her, woman, why are you weeping? And she doesn't say, oh no she says they've taken away my lord and i don't know where they have laid him talk about hopelessness maybe you've had that feeling that a little bit a little taste of what she had felt that feeling whether it's in the pit of your stomach or or maybe for you it's more up in your upper chest and throat where almost like a feeling of panic or anxiety like oh no this isn't good and I don't know how this is going to turn out. And I'm sure you know, we could draw from any number of examples um, from our shared history together, events that have changed the course of, of history, events that have changed the course of, of your life and mine. But just to take a moment and think back to one of those moments where your stomach was in knots, and maybe you even felt so nervous that you didn't know what it was going to (laughs) do or maybe it was that tightness in your throat or in your chest and whether it was something that was tragic and happened suddenly or just kind of this slow moving train that you just couldn't stop that sense of hopelessness in the pit of the stomach and that tightness in the chest is exactly what Those disciples felt that first Easter Sunday. Exactly what those disciples felt as Mary is so distraught that she doesn't even recognize that these are angels, as Peter and John run there, and then they go back home scratching their heads and wondering was it all worth it? Was it all a scam and a sham? And where is Jesus now? That sense of hopelessness was everywhere and then Mary turned around. And she thought that she saw the gardener. She thought that she saw the gardener and says, well, if you have put him somewhere, let me know so I can, I can take care of the body and, uh, and give him a proper burial. And all of that hopelessness is bound up in that statement that her last greatest hope for her dear friend Jesus was that she would be able to take care of the final arrangements in a way that was honorable. That sense of hopelessness, that sense of helplessness, because those two are intertwined, now aren't they? Because the only reason that you and I experience this sense of hopelessness, whether it's down here or up here or, or even just spinning around in our brains, the only reason that you and I experience that sense of hopelessness is because of our helplessness. The two go hand in hand. When we feel like we can't change anything, when we feel like things are as they are, and even, even with my best of efforts, and even if I put all of my time and all of my attention and all of my heart into this, I can't change a single thing. I don't know what your, your hopeless, helpless moment was, but I know that you have one. Mine, for instance, um, <laughs> one of many, I suppose, was working through the US immigration system on behalf of my wife, who happens to be from Canada, a foreign country. And as a Lutheran pastor, I recognize that there's no such thing as purgatory. But working through the US immigration system, I've begun to reconsider. (laughs) It's true. And it's just that interminable, unending sense of hopelessness. You know, when we went through it, first of all, like a decade ago, and wondering, wondering when, are we, when is this going to come to a conclusion, and how is it all going to line up, and when will we finally have to, have to be done with this? And for heaven's sakes, I had to study four dead languages going through school, and I still can't decipher these government forms. Talk about hopelessness. Talk about helplessness. And maybe yours is similar, maybe yours is different. Maybe it's trying to, you know, figure out taxes. (laughs) Or maybe it's something bigger. Maybe it's, you know, a traumatic event. Maybe it was something that's just kind of been slow-moving for a long time. Maybe it's family history or your own personal history that you just can't shake. Hopelessness. Because we're helpless. And to all that, To all that, even the appearance of the angels doesn't change the hopelessness of the day. Even the appearance of the angels glistening in in lightning-white clothing doesn't change the helplessness that Mary felt. The only thing that did was one statement from Jesus. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. That was it. And in that moment, everything changed. The hopelessness dissolved because her helper was here. The hopelessness dissolved because on Good Friday, Jesus came for the helpless, and he died on the cross for those who were unable to help themselves, carrying the sin of those who were unable to bear the weight of it themselves. And here on Easter Sunday, he rose from the dead, giving hope to the hopeless, because he had fulfilled all the help for the helpless. And so you and I, we gather here today recognizing that no matter what hopeless moment or hopeless experience we've been through, that Jesus has been through even worse. And he rose from the dead to give you hope. To give you hope. That is to say, to give you something to look forward to, something of a future, Something that says, you know what? Your Lord is smiling upon you and watching out for you and taking care of you and protecting you. And why do you know that? Because he has, and he did. Your Lord smiled upon you and has taken care of you and protected you most of all by, yes, dying and rising from the dead. And thanks be to God. But that resurrection from the dead, either in the year 33 or 35, those are the two options, that resurrection from the dead as a historical, legitimate physical fact means hope for you and me. Because what could be more helpless and hopeless than the grave? But Jesus has been there first. Jesus has been there first and he has risen from the dead and even more, even more, that he has brought his hope to your life and mine. That this isn't just some annual recollection of an historical event 2,000 years ago. But there, at the baptismal font, whether it was that one or one like it, he poured out his resurrection upon you, washing away sin and uniting him to you, giving help to the helpless and hope to the hopeless. You can think of it like this. Just recently, um, within the last month, I want to say, there were headlines out of the Philippines about this, um, this fisherman. And you may have heard this, maybe you haven't. But this fisherman had been fishing and his line got caught up on a big rock. And he just, it was in fairly shallow water, so he swam down and uh, unloosed his, his lines. And then he thought, hey, that rock's kind of cool. I'll take it home. And he took it home and didn't know where to put it, so he just shoved it under his bed. And it was kind of a good luck charm until the day when he might polish it up or do something with it. And it was forgotten. He had some hope that that would be a good luck charm for him. But it wasn't. Because roughly a decade later, his house burned down. Ugh. Of all the hopeless and helpless moments... To escape your burning house with the clothes on your back, and that's it. Wow. But then he went back and he looked at that rock again. It had survived the flames and the the fire had been put out in time. And he looked at that rock again. It was about 75 pounds. And he said, Well, this one's, this survived the house fire. Why don't I take this down to the Board for Tourism here and maybe we can, maybe they can make use of it. And they cleaned it up. And it ended up being a gigantic natural pearl. Get this, 1934, off the coast of the Philippines, there was a 15-pound natural pearl that was found. And up until about last month, that was the largest natural pearl ever. And that 15-pound natural pearl was worth about $15 million. Yeah. This guy polishes up and cleans up this 75-pound natural pearl. That is what? five times the size. And he who had no hope, who had a little bit of hope that this thing was a, would bring him good luck, he whose house had burned down at the worst of days, maybe even the worst day of his life, the most hopeless day of his life, found out that this 75-pound pearl was worth over $100 million. And for him, what looked like the worst day of his life was turned into hope and yes help maybe help to rebuild in a future and Jesus has done more sure looked like the worst day of their lives for that helpless bunch there in Jerusalem as Jesus was on the cross and he gave up his his life sure looked like the worst of days the most hopeless and helpless of days when they shut all of their hopes in the tomb and then they couldn't even find him the next morning or a day later. But through all of that, he who passed through the fires of hell has shown himself to be our hope and our help. That the value of Jesus rising from the dead is far more than some pearl found off the coast of the Philippines. It's a value that has been given to you in holy baptism. And that value is that your, your Father in Heaven smiles upon you, that he promises you hope, That he has washed away your sin, that your Lord has come to help. So, yeah, maybe they were the most hopeless, helpless bunch for a couple of days. But the incredible change is still alive for you and for me that this Jesus has risen from the dead, guaranteeing help, forgiveness of sins, and guaranteeing hope, a future. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, alleluia.